0: The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive
1: producer. And it starts now. Now. What's up everybody? Welcome back into the Barrett Sports Media Producers podcast. It has been a while. It's been more than a month since I talked to you. I hope you all had a great holiday. I hope you all had a happy new year. I hope that you are all successfully writing 2023 now on things instead of 2022. I think I just got it like last week, so hopefully you all are uh, doing it correctly now as well. We are back for our first episode of 2023, and we go to Barstool Sports. Our guy, JP, over at Bussin' with the boys. He's got an incredible story about how he just knocked on all the right doors and finally, finally, one of those doors came down and he ended up working out with uh with the Bustin' with the boys crew, which is one of the most successful podcasts out there. We talk with him about if there's a rivalry between Bustin' with the boys and the other Barstool Entities. We talk about the Radio Row drama of how they weren't going to be allowed to go, but now they are going. We hear a little bit more on that story as well. Enjoy my guy, JP, over at Bustin' with the Boys. Give me the background a little bit. How did you get into the business? How did you land with Busting with the Boys, with Barstool, etc.? The quickest version of it is <laughs> I was a broadcast
0: journalism major at South Carolina, and they really only kind of prep you for like local news. And in my senior semester, we would go do the local news stories, and it's just like – it's just boring. <laughs> and uh knew I wanted to work in sports. The, like, creative media space was starting to blow up, and, like, colleges are starting to put out all of the dope hype videos and, and that kind of thing. So I started to teach myself uh, how to make those videos, you know, YouTube, university, all day. Mm. But I left school – and I went to go do an internship in Dallas with the Northern Texas PGA, but golf was not my, not my speed. <laughs> I'm a little bit too non-country club to be sticking around in golf for too long. It's getting better, but where we were, it was a little bit too uptight. So then I went down to IMG Academy and was working as like a residential mentor, just like a dorm parent, wow. like this you'd have at at college kind of. <laughs> at IMG, it's like the five star athlete. Mm future pros and then it's also just the richest kids in the world <laughs> and uh then i got stuck on the middle school floor which was super challenging but a lot of fun but the whole time i'm at img i'm trying to ski my way into you know the social media department And so i started looking at the tennis route a little bit because it's just not as it's not a super highly covered sport mm-hmm and there's also a lot of money in tennis. And all the middle school kids were freaking out about this guy, Dennis
1: Shapovalov. Are you? do you know who he is? He was number, uh, yeah, number, he was either number 20 or number 10 at the Aussie Open. I think he was 20, but he's Canadian. He's one of the best players in the world. I had no idea who he was at first. And the, all the middle schoolers were like, JP, you have to go
0: take a video of Dennis. And, you know, these are <laughs> like 12 year old kids. Go take a video of Dennis. That'll be awesome. I'm like, all right. So I go over there. I was like, you, you mind if I, you know, take some photos and videos and I'll send them to you however and you know you can put them out. <laughs> He's like, Oh, dude, that would be awesome. Like, we never have any content. Gives me his number, shoot him the stuff. He posts some of it on Instagram later on that week. And uh then I will I go look him up after I leave. And they're like, dude, we saw you talk oh, the middle scores, dude. We saw you <laughs> talking to him like. That's so cool, blah, blah, I'm like, let me look this guy up real quick. And, you know, if at the time, he was number 19 in the world. He was only 19 years old. I saw that he beat beaten a doll when he was 17. I'm like, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> so that kind of, like, started to peak my creative flow in, like, video editing. I was getting sick of IMG. I wasn't able to break into the social media department. And I'm like, I need to to change because I love these kids, but they are getting under my skin. (laughs) So I decided, you know what, like I'm just going to go, I'm going to like follow this whole tennis path and let me move over to the other coast of Florida. And I have an aunt that lives there. I had never really even been down there before, but I knew it was a hotbed of tennis. Obviously a lot of football going on down there. And then I started working just showing up at like tennis academies, knocking on the door, introducing myself, handing them a little trash like paper business card <laughs> and uh got a few people to, to sign on to some stuff. And it wasn't working out how I was hoping it would. And I went back home to Greenville, South Carolina for like a week or two. And I don't know if you follow the UFC at all, but yeah, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson he is from Greenville, basically. He's from Simpsonville, which is right next to Greenville. And they let me into the gym, did some filming with him. And so when I came back down to Florida the following week, one of my friends had set me up with a, with a, like a place to live. And this guy also fought MMA. His name's Juan Puerta. But I had Wonder Boys video that I had on my Instagram feed. And I started going to – went to American Top Team gym – Mm-hmm. Where a lot of guys like Jorge Masvidal train and everything. And my roommate was training there at the time too. But they shut it down real quick. They were like, <laughs> who are you, man? Yeah. So then I'm looking for another place. End up at uh, like Sanford MMA. And this guy, Dustin Lampro Scrappy, who was on the Ultimate Fighter this past year. But he like was all about what I was doing. And him and another guy there, Ray Sherwood, they kind of welcomed me in. But this is when like the busting with the boys bridge slowly starts to happen without me even noticing. Uh, I get like hit up by this guy that used to play football with Will. His name's Matt Jones. He was running back at Florida mm-hmm. and did some filming with him. One of my friends from back home he sent me Will's Instagram story. That's like what's up boys, you know, we're looking to grow the, grow the team. You know, if one of, if you think one of your boys could be a boy, tell them mm. to swipe up and apply for this job. And I'm like, Let me like, he's like, you should, you should apply for this. And uh, I look him up. I'm like, dang, this guy seems like pretty cool. And we have a similar sense of humor. And uh, so I applied for the job, but at the same time I started interviewing for a job with the UFC and then made it to the final round of both of the interviews and ended up only getting the bus in one. The UFC would have been in Las Vegas. But I come to find out, like in my second or third week, I'm riding with Will, and we kind of clicked pretty quickly. And I'm like, dude, what's crazy is that, uh, you know, I met Michael Chandler down at the gym. And then, you know, like I saw you guys were boys with him. And uh, I actually had an interview with the UFC and it was like, I think I was in the final round for both you and and them. And he tells me that uh, the the person they wanted was the guy that took the UFC job. (laughs) Wow. That's nuts. What a world. Uh, But yeah, dude, just a whole big grind of knocking on doors and introducing myself to people.
1: What exactly do... Will and Taylor look for from you specifically? What exactly are they looking for you to do on a day to day basis?
0: Honestly, for me, I think what my biggest asset to them is just my kind of understanding of the Twitter world <laughs> and the social media landscape and my sense of humor, just sense of humor and creativity align very well with the kind of content they put out. It's kind of tough to explain because you know, as you say, it's a, it's the non-traditional media. I feel like I have a very (laughs) non-traditional like mind when it comes to the creative things that we put out there kind of more like the voice of the brand.
1: When it comes to barstool, obviously there's a ton of successful podcasts when it comes to pardon my take or spitting chiclets. Do you guys, is it all one big team or do you see them as kind of like playful rivals in a way?
0: More so with PMT, I feel like a playful rivalry has begun. Yeah, and obviously they can—they're winning that rivalry. They're <laughs> the number one sports podcast forever, and they like to say that we copy all of their ideas. <laughs> Which, hey, it's a copycat league. You can't hate, yeah. you can't hate on us <laughs> for that. Um, but you know, because we're in Nashville, we don't really see them, see many of the Barcelona people too much. Yeah. I—we've really only met like a handful of the people that work there. <laughs>
1: You would have seen everybody at the Super Bowl. What happened with Radio Row recently? Good news about Radio Row. They they tried to keep us
0: out. They tried to keep the boys down. But you gotta know better when you when you start to play with us. We are oh. we're going we're going to be at Radio Row. We we gotta figure it out. We got the passes, we got the access. Roger Goodell. Thanks for trying, but you know, it was never in the cards for him. As will says,
1: we were always the dealer you know what it's crazy too like with Taylor being in the league currently, does he ever have to censor is the wrong word but like obviously you don't want to give up like company secrets, right he didn't want to be sharing the game plan he doesn't want to be saying, okay, we're planning on going into this week's game to do this like does he do you guys ever have to hold back on things that you might want to say, but you can't just for the sake of you know he's still in the league definitely
0: uh and he's you know, very seasoned with it all now. And occasionally things will come up if we're talking with another player. Like there's just things that, you know, you know, the conversation can't go that direction. You know, there's so many different intricacies of the NFL and what can get you in trouble and what could be like tampering and all of those kinds of things.
1: When you talk about the podcast on the on the back end, what do you have to do to it on the back end? Is it are you doing a lot of editing after the fact? Is it just we just grip it and rip it and I'm just throwing it up afterwards as it is. How much are you doing with the video versus the audio kind of take me through the back end of it?
0: Yeah. So usually we record on Mondays, but basically we get that episode and our guy Bloss, who was with them since day one, who's like the OG, but he'll handle the audio. And then I'll take the episode, watch it back, make the notes of all the different clips that we're going to post. So I'll, like, categorize it out and for, like, the longer clips and shorter clips, which ones I think could go, like, viral, uh, what's funny, what's more serious, what's something the guest might like to post, and we'll share it with the guest. Then edit all the clips. And, you know, the episode drops on Tuesday at 6, so we try to have everything done by Tuesday, pretty much like at noon. And then our social media guy rolls
1: out uh, all of that. How scripted is the show? Like I am I, scripted might be the wrong word, but you know, you guys are obviously funny lifestyle, have good personalities. A lot of that stuff I imagine just comes natural, but somewhere in there, there's probably a plan. So like how much of the plan just gets stuck to, gets deviated from, et cetera yeah i mean the plan is very
0: loose and yeah i mean that that's credit to will and taylor like they can go on about anything and make it entertaining they, there's a reason they're successful at it they those those guys are talented as crap but you know we'll try to come in with the outline and just the the most we really do as far as a plan whenever we have a guest we'll try we'll research the guest and you know bring up questions but if it's like solo It's really just making sure that we're hitting on like current topics that will do well on like a YouTube clip. And it's just reminding them like, Hey, make sure we talk about, or like make sure we create a Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes debate before this episode's done. So we can put that out. People can argue and, you know, kind of create a buzz that way.
1: We always have this debate in more, you know, regular radio, of, uh, you know, how much sports versus how much lifestyle, like how much fun versus how much serious. Uh, Do you guys have like a kind of a a light rule? Okay, we want to talk 50% real sports, 50% NFL, 50% kind of what happened to us at the grocery store, or or is it just every day is different?
0: I think they always go into the episode with that mindset of like, all right, we're going to hit on our weekend in Vegas, and then we're going to get right into NFL. (laughs) And then – Taylor tells a story about Vegas that makes Will think of another story in (laughs) Vegas. And
1: next thing you know, an hour has gone by and we haven't hit the NFL yet. When you go to a cocktail party and somebody asks you about the show, what's the one story that you always default to?
0: One story that I could have is when I did get that UFC, when the UFC called me later on uh, and offered me a thing, I was like, if this gives you any idea of person Will is – I go to Will's room. We're in Nebraska. Knock on the door, and I'm nervous. Like, you know, this is my first job in this industry with them, and I like love the UFC. Obviously, I don't want to leave, but I'm I'm nervous. I don't know how to have this conversation. I knock on the door, and Will opens the door, and he's just in his towel. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, like, I don't know if this is a good time or not, but I, I need to talk to you about something. And he was like, yeah, man, come in. And so you know, I'm just sitting there and he's in his towel and we're just talking about like <laughs> the future of my career. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, he's just like, he's a great guy. And,
1: you know, we finished talking,
0: we just like dap each other up and <laughs> he's in towel. He's like, all right, bro, I'll see you downstairs. And, uh, seems
1: like he gave some good
0: advice. He did. He gave some good advice. Taylor is just like the ultimate wild card and hilarious. I need to, I need to keep thinking on it.
1: I remember the story. This is not from your show, but just from Spitting Chicklets, where Tori Mitchell, who's a old NFL, uh, old NHL player, is a guy that I know, was talking about the time that he was in Vegas with those guys, and that's like that's like the story that they tell the time they got Mitchell on this, that, or the other, and like they tell it all the time. And Tori gets asked to tell it all the time whenever he's out. I didn't know if there was one that like stuck out to you that's always on the tip of your tongue.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, this past weekend we did go to. We were in Vegas and we were interviewing Max Crosby and uh, yeah. Ziggler. but it was also the Titans O-line uh, gambling trip. Oh boy. Like Vegas trip. And me and Mitch were in the room and there was, they were playing a a, a certain game at yeah. the table. And uh, honestly, I can't even remember the name of the table or name of the game. And Dude, all of the stories you hear about you know, professional athletes gambling, it got to the point where they had to stop the game and things had got so out of hand that everybody just got their money back
1: <laughs> because friendships would have been over. I'll get you out of here on this and I ask this almost at the end of every podcast, what advice would you have to new or young producers? Yeah, I think the number
0: one thing is starting like with your I mean, it's some people not everybody has an end goal. I don't really have an end goal, but I knew I wanted to work somehow in this in the role I'm working now. And it's kind of like starting with the end goal in mind and working backwards from there. So it's like if you want to work for Barstool, let me go ahead and look up everybody on LinkedIn from Barstool. Mm -hmm. And then start connecting and just, like, networking your way backwards to, you know, starting with the up top person. Well, who works for that guy? Who works for that guy? Who's friends with that guy? And kind of, like, backwards networking to where your, like, main goal is. And then, obviously, the number one thing is not being afraid of rejection because I, like, my time in Florida when I'm getting told no, that was the most beneficial time period of my life so far. And I'll have plenty more failures to come, but like being told no, and learning how to deal with that, it makes it so much better. Cause all of those things happened and I was still okay. It's like, man, if I can get through that, what's the worst, you know, it's only going up from here and I can handle a no.
1: JP was awesome. You can see, man, he's got a lot of energy. He's smart. He's got all the new wave skills you would want to be successful in the producer's role. But I think more importantly, he's just got perseverance. That's what stood out to me most was his story of knocking on this door and having it rejected, knocking on that door and having it rejected. and boom, I'm now I'm going to try tennis. I'm now I'm going to try you know to do stuff with with MMA. And then finally, the right people notice. I've had this thing before where like you go from no jobs to maybe two jobs in the same day, and that can be very, very stressful. I just thought it was a great story, and it's just another example of all it takes to make it work in this business, right? I've seen so many people get out of the business before their big break comes. JP didn't do that. I thought it was a great episode, and we'll see you next time with the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast.
0: To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com.